We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Listening to the Road of His Radio Weekly Recap, where I, Kyle Dvorak, find me on Twitter at FFKyleTheKid, take you on a tour through the last week in Road of His podcasting, featuring clips from your favorite shows, highlighting all the awesome stuff going on here at Road of His. Before we get into the clips, I want to remind you that if you want to subscribe to Road of His, do so by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. If you don't know, Road of His is a sports data and analytics site with over 1,000 articles per year and dozens of apps for you to use to take down those tournaments and win fantasy championships. Get a 30% discount at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. And as always, if you want to support the show, do so by going to patreon.com forward slash rotovizradio. By subscribing, you get access to an awesome community of the hosts here on all the Rotoviz channels, as well as listeners of all the shows. It's an awesome community we have going on, and you also get access to exclusive shows, that being the Rotoviz live show right before kickoff Sunday. Get those last minute start sit decisions, streaming matchups, and all that good stuff only at patreon.com forward slash rotovizradio. First clip of the week comes to you courtesy of the Rotovis College Football Show, where hosts Stephen Laco, Jordan Hoover, and Matt Wisp break down some of the winners and losers from the last week in college football. Have a listen. Big winner and big loser for you guys this weekend. Am I allowed to say it? <laughs> Is the big loser on the weekend just Oregon? Um, which I, I know, and it, it's it's mean for me to say, but... Arizona's trash, um, and I don't – even though they've 
been improving. They they just came off a loss to an, a, a UCLA team that had been awful. So the, the big loser on the weekend for me is Oregon, who was two weeks ago the best team in the Big 12. And now, I mean, the Pac-12, and now they're floundering. Yeah, no, you're right. They are they are big big losers. It is <laughs> it is it is difficult to say and and I didn't see it coming. Honestly, I thought after that loss to Stanford, they they came back and played really really well in the weeks that followed. They I mean, after that win against Washington, I was really ready to I mean, I said it. I said they are the best team in the Pac-12. And since then, they've lost um in two back-to-back games and shown no grit, no determination, no resolve, absolutely giving up on this game. It was it was ugly from the beginning. It wasn't like they got a couple bad bounces and they they just couldn't do anything. And they and their play calling was stupid. Jordan, you've been talking about all year long, all season long you've been saying how the best teams are the teams that are willing to go vertical. They will go down the field, and that's what Oregon had been doing. And this week, all Justin Herbert was doing was these little check down passes. I remember one play, third and it was like third and six, and they throw a little four yard hook pass, and the guy gets tackled immediately. And it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So I just, I just, I hope that things would be different under Cristobal. I was hoping that they would be able to come back and and show some determination to get a win, to get a result after a devastating loss to Washington State. But they didn't. They came out and laid another egg and just looked pathetic in the process. I still love Oregon, but man, that was disappointing. So yeah, huge losers. My bad. And (laughs) and not to, I don't mean to pile on, but if I could just say real quickly, uh, Washington State had a really great weekend. And this, I swear, this is not to pile on top. Um, But I... You know, we 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 talked about that game last week, and it was it was a perfect spot for Stanford. It, all the narrative, all the old betting, uh, you know, cliches and systems that you talk about, the letdown on the road after the big win, everything, and they still overcame and beat Stanford. Now I think Washington State is, you know, we've seen Utah on the other side of the Pac-12 really start to come on, and Washington State, the rest of their schedule, they have. Cal at home, they go to Colorado, then they have Arizona and finally Washington at home. Both of those last two games are at home. I mean, they're setting up for an 11-1 season and a chance to win the Pac-12. Unbelievable, and yeah. I, know, I, I mean, no one, you know, I don't know of anyone who was talking about that preseason. And Mike Leach inspires a lot of different, different feelings for a lot of different people, but I'm pretty excited about what they've been doing so far and I, I really I think that if they do go all the way and then they play Utah in the Pac-12 championship game I think that's something that would be really interesting for a conference that you know kind of gets left out I'm particularly excited for the end of this college football season because this year, maybe more so than any other year, I think we will force the committee to make a decision on a non-Power 5 team that would appear to deserve to be in last year. UCF runs the table and does not get in. This year, should they continue to win out? Right now, they're 8-0. They have four games left on the docket, including the hypothetical conference championship, should they make it that far. If they win out, that will put them at 25 consecutive wins. It becomes increasingly hard for the committee to exclude a team that appears to be 
head and shoulders above the competitions it's playing, meaning that they should be able to compete with the likes of Power 5 conferences, and we saw them win their bowl game last year against number 10 Auburn, only furthering to prove that they are indeed a playoff caliber team. The only time I feel that we've seen a team like this is two years of Houston in 2015 and 16, where in 2015 they almost ran the table. They came up just short, losing one game, and that was enough for the committee to exclude them, and it's understandably so. Their loss was to UConn, an unranked team in a non-Power 5 conference. But then the next year, boy, they, oh, it hurts my soul. They were so close. What they did is show that should you want to be a non-Power 5 team and have any chance to make the college football playoffs, you have to schedule teams you anticipate will be good years in advance. They have to end up being good that exact year. And then not only does all that have to come together, you have to beat them. So you have to be the caliber of a team at the top of a Power 5 conference. And then you have to not stumble even once because Houston, because Houston was ranked six after beating number three, Oklahoma. Then they would go on to beat Lamar Jackson, number three ranked Louisville team as well. The only problem is they lost two in-conference games to non-Power 5 teams as they don't play in a Power 5 conference. And that was it. They clearly had the talent of a top tier Power 5 team. And it just didn't come together. Sometimes you just lose a random game or two here or there. <coughs> Ohio State. And, um, sorry. And then you just don't make it if you're a non-Power 5 team. Whereas if you are a team in the SEC, a team in the Big Ten, that is still an option for you. So really, you're finding a needle in 10,000 haystacks if you want to be a non-Power 5 team and get in. Even if UCF doesn't get in this year, I want to put the committee in a position where they have to truly tell us that we're not playing in a truly competitive environment. We're really playing in two leagues mashed into one. I just want them to have to say it. Moving on to the NFL. This week we have a clip from the High Stakes Lowdown where Eric Balkman has a different high stakes fantasy football player on every week. This week it's Kirk Kikas and they are talking about... One thing we've learned, especially if you pay attention to last year, is utilizing a three running back system does not work. <clears throat> Hugh Jackson. Um... <laughs> You know, they, they tried it in New Orleans last year when they had Ingram, they had uh, rookie Kamara, and then they had uh, Peterson. And as soon as Peterson disappeared from the picture, uh, I mean, Kamara just blossomed. And, um, you know, Ingram had they, – they both had great years. Um, I had a couple teams last year where I was running Kamara and Ingram and just smiling the whole way. Um, so, yeah, these the three running back situation is just – I don't know. It, it, it's pretty crazy. The issue with Fournette, I mean, Fournette was a guy – I was targeting in some leagues. Um, I didn't get him as much as I wanted. And I'm really thankful for that now. Right. I think I got him in one main event out of my nine at the FFPC. Um, smart enough to back him up with Yeldon. Um, I don't, didn't have any hide in the main event. I've got one chub in the main event because I like going for those rookie running backs that later in the season may you know, have an opportunity. Um, so Hyde now down in Jacksonville, along with Yeldon, along with Fournette, who after week one, as we remember, had a minor hamstring pull or tweak. Um, and he's played what, um, I don't know, 27 downs or something. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know what to do down there. Um, I think for me, at this point, Yeldon is the safest guy to play. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's weird to say, but I mean, when you're catching passes at the rate he is and, and the fact that, uh, you know, the, the, the offense seems to be going best when, when he is, you know, involved in the passing game, I I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's weird to say, but, uh, yeah, I think he's the type of guy that you can flex out 
week to week, especially especially with this, you know, all these bye weeks coming up. He's a guy that you can yeah. plug in there. I'm a, I don't I don't really know what to expect from Fournette and Hyde. Um, there Hyde's obviously going to be, uh, you know, on my bench uh, now that Fournette is coming back uh, after the bye here, and and we'll see what what happens going forward. But I'm not excited. Uh, one other thing I should for mention, how many for how many downs is he coming back for? That's yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Until he re-aggravates something again, which is which is just. I mean, I've got him in uh, one of my Terminator teams, and. I mean, I can't terminate him because <laughs> right. he's Fournette. Yeah. We know what he's capable of, um, but it, it's just driving me crazy. I'd love for him to just say, "Oh, we're going to shut him down," or you know, or whatever. But it's just frustrating down there. Well, and then, and then that dynasty league that you mentioned that you and I are in uh, earlier, the, mm-hmm. the one um, I, I it was it was a I took over a team in that league, and there was a dispersal draft between me and and, and another owner. And I took Fournette. I think I took him with the second pick in in the dispersal draft. And I'm like, oh, this is a good cornerstone. Mm-hmm. And now it's turned into I need him to have one good game, Kurt, so I can flip him for something. And I I've just I've been waiting on that one good game for like a month and a half, and he's been hurt. And exactly. Now it's been so annoying. It's like I just need him to come back, have 110 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, and I'll take what I can get for him and move on and just cut the cord and be happy with it. I can't even get that. So frustrating, but yeah. you know we'll, we'll see. Better times are ahead, um, hopefully. One last thing about Cleveland: Todd Haley gone, Hugh Jackson gone. Um, what does this do for 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 the Cleveland offense, uh, specifically for like Antonio Callaway, David Njoku, Nick Chubb? Are you excited for or Duke Johnson? I'll mention too. Are you excited for any of those guys now that uh, Todd Haley is not running the offense there? Um, not necessarily. I, I mean. I don't have a lot of Cleveland Browns. I am a Cleveland Brown fan. I've spent many years growing up in Cleveland. Mistake by the lake. Um, I just, um, I don't know. I was happy to see Hugo, and I've been calling for Hugh to go, as many folks have been, for over well over a year. Um, and then when he went, I was really excited. I'm thinking, okay. And then Haley goes, I'm like, oh, wow. So I started thinking about you know, Baker Mayfield. Okay, what's going to happen to this guy? He loses his head coach. He loses his offensive coordinator. It's his rookie year. So right away, we're introducing inconsistency in this poor guy's development. How do you Great stuff there. Coming out of the break, you will hear from the Dynasty Tradecast, talking about why now may be a sneaky time to buy Jameis Winston, despite how horrible a situation might look. If you want to hear more about the Hugh Jackson firing and how it can affect the Browns players, be sure to tune in the rest of the episode of the Dynasty Tradecast. But for now, your hosts are Dan Sano, Nathan Powell, and Eric Bergsall. Take it away. All right, let's close out our topics with Jameis Winston. I feel like we've talked about him getting benched, promoted, benched about eight times already. So let's just do this one quickly. Jameis Winston benched. Uh, Dan, is this for good? Um, not meaning like for good, the good of the team, but I was like, is, is this James Winston done in Tampa? Is James Winston uh, done in Tampa? It is for the good of the team, but no, I don't think he is done in Tampa. I think we see Fitzpatrick uh, for like another three weeks, and then he dies again, and then they put James in in like the second half, and he throws two touchdowns and like an interception and a fumble, and it's like, well, that's good enough. We might as well put him back in. <laughs> Um, he's not good. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, I think that class now, uh, we can, we can basically turn and look at it and be like, yeah, we're kind of all out that that class has turned into, to doo-doo between him and Mariota. So, um, yeah, that's I'm done with Jameis. Thanks too, man. I, Cause that was, everybody was all in on these two. Yep. And now we're pretty much all out. I, I don't, 
I just I don't see it with him. I, I to be fair, I didn't really see it with him to begin with. He's had some flashes and put up some decent numbers, but it's just not. I I don't I I don't want to call him stupid, but he's he just doesn't seem like a smart kid. <laughs> That's the second player you called dumb today, by the way. I think um, I will point out if you go back in a time machine to like two off seasons ago, and you were to to tell somebody that Winston was going to be less valuable than Jared Goff, everybody's head would have completely exploded. <laughs> but uh, that is that is the reality. Is this? group that we thought had a complete dud and it didn't. And then, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Winston's probably done in Tampa Bay to be honest with you. I think that they're just going to go a different direction. They're not going to want to pay him all the money. Uh, I don't think that, I think they've recognized. And I think with this benching, unless the coaching staff is to get fired, which is probably likely, but that it's that the coaching staff is at least recognizing like, look, this is not the future of the franchise. That's not the direction we want to go. And I don't think Winston's done much to prove otherwise. So from a valuation for Winston, I assume his, his dynasty value is going to plummet here, um, but he's going to get a second chance somewhere else. But I, I guess what are we doing? If, you, if you're in a super flex league, which we talk about pretty regularly here, uh, that's probably the place where I'd be interested to hear thoughts on what you guys would be doing with Winston. Are you trying to sell him now for a nickel or are you trying to buy him just in the off for a nickel, just in the off chance that, you know, he lands somewhere good next, next season. Yeah. Now, now is not the time to sell him in Superflex. I I think that when he signs with a team where it looks like he's going to have a starting job, then will be the time to sell him. Um, But as far as buying, I mean, I'd buy for a late first in Superflex just on the concept of, starting quarterbacks are worth a first and super flex, especially ones that, you know, project to have a few years left in the NFL. And yes, Winston has been playing bad, but he's, he's going to like, even if he doesn't get a, you know, six year mega deal, he's going to get a multi-year deal as a starting quarterback of an NFL team. In my opinion. Yeah. Age and age and production gives him still some value. Uh, and, and Dwayne Brown talks about it a lot by, you know, buying players at this stage and you can hold them before and sell them again before they even play another game. It's those big news items like signing a big contract with a new team or being traded or whatever it happens yeah. to be. You can make a really easy profit just by doing that. So I think, I think honestly, I don't love the ability, but there's, there's value to be had. So I think if you can go out and buy them, like when Nathan was talking about a late first, if people are selling for late for quarterbacks for late first that have starting potential, and and at that age, I think you'd be silly not to make that deal. Uh, obviously, don't go around giving away a bunch of points to go acquire a quarterback that may not be playing the rest of the year. But if you can give up uh, rookie capital for it, I think I think that's an easy win. Oh, this is fun. You know what else is fun? Watching football. And it's even more entertaining when you have some action on the games. We've been telling you about mybookie.ag for weeks. If you listen to the Dynasty Tradecast, you already know how your Cortland Sutton shares have been impacted. But if you're a big DFS player, you may not know how much of a value Cortland Sutton is about to be. Jumping over to player profiler, Sutton really does profile like someone that he's best comparable to, Alshon Jeffrey. Standing at 6'3", 218, he's a big player, but not only that, he's fast and just generally athletic. A Spark X score of 118, that's an 84th percentile, as well as being a relatively dominant college producer, a 73rd percentile college dominator, and he did so with a really high 16.2 72nd percentile yards per attempt, 
showing both efficiency and volume while playing in a division one school is extremely impressive not to mention his under 20 breakout age that 67th percentile i understand that right now it's, it's a bit too late to buy if you foresaw demary's thomas trade coming or your team was in rebuild mode and you knew that they wouldn't have him through the end of next year maybe you already bought him but if you didn't i really still think that his value is only going to go up from here you're buying high but certainly not at its highest because if you believe in his talent all the opportunity in the world is now available. Sutton was just behind Demarius Thomas with 533 air yards compared to Thomas's 587. Considering that they both profile similarly in size and what they should be able to do, you expect Sutton to take on a large share of Demarius Thomas's work, both in terms of air yards and targets. Whatever the cost is right now in Dynasty, I still think it's too low. And obviously the cost in DFS is low and it opens up a lot of opportunity to make unique lineups and find more value. For that, here's Matt LaMarca, Matt Jones, Nancy Amico on the day. Adam Thielen, officially the highest priced wide receiver in fantasy. Uh, feels like it should have happened like four weeks ago. But I don't know. There's just something about him where you don't feel like it's going to be real, but he just does it every single week. Uh, Jones, you are definitely an early adopter of Adam Thielen. Are you interested in him this week at the highest wide receiver salary on the board? Obviously, yeah. Why wouldn't that <laughs> be? Like, he uh, – I just – it's it's the same feeling that I have about Gurley. Like, I don't understand the thought process of being like, no, I'm not going to play this guy. Like, he he only only saw seven targets last week and just, like, you know, just smashed anyway. Like, catches all seven, over 100 yards, scores a touchdown. Like, the guy's used in the red zone. He's had multiple red zone targets every week since the Rams game. So, like, the last six weeks. Like, I just, I don't understand why you wouldn't play him, especially again, like we keep saying, there's a ton of value this week. So you can absolutely fit him in if you feel the urge and you should feel the urge. Yeah. I mean, over a hundred yards every, every week this season and a touchdown in six of eight games. So uh, it's hard to be a non-believer at this point. Not bad. He should be 9,500. Like he's on pace for like, an, an elite season, like not just an elite season, like a, a legendary season, like 148 receptions, 1,850 yards, 12 touchdowns. That's his pace. Yeah. He that's, be 9, that's pretty good. So do you think you can play him and Gurley together? And if so, like, do you have to then make sure to differentiate with, the, with your other spots? Like uh, basically am I, am I, I'm asking, is it too much chalk between those two guys? I don't think so. Only for the fact that like, I don't know. I guess in my head, I'm thinking like people are going to find a way to pay up for Gurley in some lineups and they're going to find a way to pay up for Thielen in some lineups. And I don't know that the combination of the two is going to necessarily be like uber popular just because it's difficult to fit, you know, an 8,900 receiver and a 9,500 running back in the same lineup. So I don't know that the, that the stack of them like gets that highly owned. Yeah, my my thoughts would be like if you are going to do that and I would advise it. Like they're both fantastic players. Just don't use like the obvious value wide receivers and you should still have a pretty contrarian lineup. Yeah. Like if you have those two and don't have Cortland Sutton, who we'll talk about in a little bit, like that's probably enough to to diversify your lineup. Yep. Um all right, let's let's talk Cortland Sutton. He Got a boost this week with the trade of Demarius Thomas. He should now be playing primarily in wide receiver, uh, two wide receiver sets for the Broncos. 
Kenny Galladay, another guy who saw a boost at the trade deadline after the Lions shipped out Golden Tate. Uh, do you view these guys as must-starts in cash games, and how are you approaching them in GPPs? And we'll start with you this time, Anthony. Yeah, I mean, I think Sutton is definitely a lock. I, I getting the this year, it's been really difficult to get guys below 4K that have like legitimate roles. And Sutton's role has already been growing. The fact that like Demarius is now no longer there just makes him like a clear full-time player. I think we could pencil in like six targets for him at minimum. And uh, at 3,900, as a guy who also has some touchdown equity, I kind of think that like you have to play him in cash. Uh, the Lions guys are really good too. I mean, Tate was their leading receiver in terms of targets. So shipping him out obviously opens up a lot more volume in the offense. That is going to do it for this week's Road of His Radio Weekly Recap. Make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And as always, if you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash Road of His Radio. And you can get 30% off of your Road of His subscription, rotovis.com forward slash podcast. I've been your host, Kyle Dvorak. Find me on Twitter at FFKyleKid. Thanks for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on condo insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you took minimalism too far because there's only one chair in your entire condo and your only entertainment is one card. Not even a deck of cards, but a single card. And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.